Ladies and gentlemen, a uh, special thing happening here on the Brewing Network. We never, we never do this. I've never done this before, John Foster. We've only talked about taking over your network, and here we are doing it. <laughs> really don't allow this, but uh, turns out I like you guys. So uh, right here on the Brewing Network from our booth live uh, from the Oregon Brewers Festival, and we're really happy to be here. We're doing lots of broadcasting this weekend uh, to bring you the festival, and I'm happy to be able to sit back and do nothing for like an hour uh, while beer school. John Foster and uh, one of my favorite people alive, Motor. Uh, even when you're dead, you'll still be one of my favorite people, Thank Motor. You. That might be soon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these guys are taking over. They are hijacking the Brewing Network for this. It never happened. The people, you should know this. That, well, we uh, talked about doing this. We talked about doing it for the April 1st show. Yeah, you were yeah. going to hijack my whole website and everything. We were going to take over the DNS. We had the whole website redone as the Freezing Network. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it was a, it was an all new uh, it was an all new heat exchange. Okay, I, I had to put my foot down. Yeah, on that. no, but I, I I asked. I know you did ask. I do appreciate that. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't have yelled at you if you did it. I just I would have been secretly angry. That's all. Well, then make it out for next year. Yeah, yeah next year just <laughs> now do, you know right. Next year just do it anyway. And then, <laughs> then <laughs> well, right. and the thing was it was April first. It was a Tuesday. Okay. So I mean, how many people are going to show up at the BN on Tuesday? Yeah, not too many. Like maybe ten thousand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, because I was gonna broadcast it on the Twitter, like, yeah, we took over the BN. Okay. The freezing. It's now the freezing network. The freezing <laughs> network. I, I probably would have laughed eventually. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here you have it. Uh, like I said, for the first time ever on the Brewing Network, we're allowing some other broadcasters to take over what we do. It's uh, my friends from Beer School, John Foster and Motor. Gentlemen, it's all yours. Entertain the crowds, will you? You're listening to Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some are made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel halfway around the world just to get to you. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how other styles came about, and, well, all the beers, all the 75 beers that you can drink at the Oregon Brewers Festival. The best part, 72. All right, 72. The best part about beer school is... The homework. The homework (laughs) is beer. (laughs) And I don't know any other reason to listen to us because the homework is the best part of the show, as far as I'm concerned. Because, like, where else could you... Go to your room. Go to your room and do your homework. Okay, Mom. (laughs) John, am I missing something by not wearing the headphones in this professional situation? You're just hearing hearing the crowd, the the ambiance of the crowd. I like the crowd. Yeah, it's cool. We've got got an audience here. Yeah. We have some of our favorite people. Uh, There's Melissa. There's there's, uh, Justin. There's Bruce. There's... I don't remember her name. Uh, She's new. Um, so it's like it's like beer school is on vacation. <laughs> it's like beer school on vacation. We're it's at, like summer school. It is. It is summer school. It's warm. Yep. We're outside. We've never done a show outside before. No, we've no, we've done it inside many times. Every single time, in fact. That's the opposite we've, of outside. <laughs> we've never done it. <laughs> we've never done it where there's infinite sky that's blue. Excellent. We've never done beer school in the rain either. Oh, beer school in the rain sounds so romantic. <laughs> no. Only if you think that, well... So have you had all the 72 beers yet? I have not, and I've ha- I have to say, so far, my favorite thing to uh, to taste is... I'd say watermelon wheat. 
Well, you're wearing the hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Trimmer. You get that at your local. Widmere? Widmere's good, yeah, too. Yeah, Widmere's good, too. Okay. Where's our friends? Um, well, the Widmer brothers are supposed to be showing up any minutes. We will maybe have them here. I don't know. So in the meantime, we have our friends that we met. And this is the coolest thing. So yesterday, I'm like looking for the BN booth. Like, where's the BN booth? And I go up to this guy. He's got the hand grenade on his shirt. And he goes, yeah, it's over there at the end of uh, the tent, the beginning of the south tent. And that's how I met Chris. You know, uh, the funny thing about that is you came up and you asked me where the BN was. Yeah. Uh, I pointed it out to you, and after that, like three or four other people came up and said, "Hey, you know, where where's this beer? Where can I find the restrooms? Where's the where can I buy coins? You know, where's the mugs?" I'm like, yeah. what? I'm not working You're here. You're like, do I have an eye on my head? Like, do I have the big? Is there a big eye dot right here? Because I want that to be uh, I want that to be my moniker right now. Oh, I was so bad. <laughs> Just, so, had, just had to come back here and drink beer. So I have to say, I'm jealous of your local. Uh, it is awesome. Okay, so and so you're in the lower part of Oregon. Yeah, I, I live in Medford, Oregon, just a couple of miles over uh, the Oregon-California border. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, a, just a block from my house is uh, Walkabout Brewery. Wow. Yeah, it Those is great. Guys... This, this, this guy, he was a home brewer, uh-huh. and he is living the dream. Uh, he turned his homebrew profession into uh, brewing. He brews in his garage. Uh, several barrel system in his garage. Has uh, several uh, taps on his uh, side of his house. You walk in. You uh, say, hey, how's it going? And uh, says, hey, you want a beer? You sit down. You drink beer with the brewer. Talk beer with the brewer. It's yeah. great. It can't get any better than that. You know, oh, brewing. Well, basically, having being your, a publican in your garage is not... Is not uh, is not a bad thing. He has he certainly lived in the homebrewer's dream. Right on. So how many, what's, you said it's a couple barrel system? So you know, is, he, is, he, is he brewing 15 gallons or 33 gallons at a time? Oh, no, he, he's brewing more than that. He's, uh, you know, got like a, a 6 or 12 barrel brewery. That's so a big, it's, all right, so that's a, that's a big brewery. Yeah, I mean, these things go from the floor to the ceiling in yeah. his garage. All right. That's being more than a home brewer. Yes. <laughs> that's being, yes, it is. That's being a professional brewer. Wait, that's being a guy who's a wannabe professional brewer. Exactly. <laughs> that's flying under somebody's radar. Yeah. That, that's a guy that can make enough beer for him and his friends. Well, considering Ooh. considering the, uh, what is the rule? It's 100 gallons of beer that you can brew in a year as a home brewer per uh, adult in your household. So me- he... He must have like that's why I shelter the homeless. Seventy-two <laughs> people to live with him. He no. Well, uh, yeah, it's a uh, hundred gallons per person uh, in the family, or uh, two hundred fifty gallons maximum. Okay. So he could probably brew that in a let's see, it's a ten barrel system. Uh, Half an one hour. batch. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not going to give away the address because I'm sure that somebody listens to there who would be interested in knowing. It's, that. it's one two three four Main Street. Yeah, one two three four Main Street. Uh, in Oregon, somewhere. Apartment six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a homebrewer yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, been homebrewing for about a year and a half now. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you know, about a year and five months ago, started listening to Brewing Network, started listening to Beer School, and uh, gotta say, I love the homework. Yeah, you know, the homework was well. So you were telling me yesterday about the homework that you were doing uh, regarding. Are the, you sending a steak? Yeah. Are well, you sending a steak? 
He's not sending his clams either. He lives in he lives in Oregon. There are cows in Oregon. I know, but there's probably tasty cows in Oregon. The, no, you were telling me the story about uh, going to your local and getting a bottle of absinthe. Oh yeah, you know the um, the local uh, liquor store. Now in in Oregon, the liquor and beer regulate a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So my liquor store doesn't sell beer. Mm-hmm. My beer stores don't sell liquor. Right. Uh, but we went in and uh, we got a bottle of absinthe because uh, I would I had been listening to your show uh, about how to drink it, and uh, my God, I hate licorice. But you know what? Absinthe, something totally different. So we're, we're trying the different methods. We're trying slowly pouring the water over the sugar cube. Uh, my friend walks in and says, oh, no, 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 I know how to do this. He takes a sugar cube, dips it in the liquor, and then sets it on fire and says, that's how you do it. Well, that's one way to do it. Uh, no, there's, uh, as we talked about on the show, there's four ways of, uh, of preparing absinthe for for consumption. And the worst way is just shooting it. Yeah, that's cowboy, cowboy style. <laughs> cowboy style. Oh, that's man. how I like my absinthe. Cowboy style. <laughs> out, of all the, out, out of all the ways to, to, to eat it. Oh, Chad or Shatters. Who's, whose hot dog is that? Stop it's being, his. John, stop being distracted. We're doing a show here on yeah, the Brewing he Network. A, he this hot, isn't beer school. This is a brewing he network. He brought a hot dog in. That's as bad as Angela taking off her jacket. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm easily distracted. I'm easily distracted by hot dogs and uh, hot chicks. Hey, yeah, speaking plenty of hot yeah. chicks out here. There are. Well, you know, the best thing you can do to attract them is to wear this watermelon, this watermelon wheat hat. It is such a it, pimp hat. It is such a pimp hat. Uh, so there we go. So our, our first guest has showed up. I don't know if that mic is going to work, but we can... Can you hear that? No, I can't hear that. No. Justin so, said we can't touch his mic. What? <laughs> I don't know if that mic's on. This is a complicated show. It's, it's, a just, lot of, it's just the turn... Oh, Chad, the producer's here to fix yeah, it. Yeah, right. Okay. We don't know if that mic's on. It didn't go thump thump when we did it. Wow! Did so it, it there's thump, thump? there's train no there's no thump thump. Okay. There's train sounds. Yeah. There's cop sounds. There's beer sounds. Me too. Mine's almost out. And lots <laughs> of crowd. Lots of crowd. Well, um, anyway, somebody needs to get me a beer. If this could be, can I get me something? The whole thing of something. Well, the Bell's, the Bell's beer, yeah, that's really good. The Bell's. This is the coffee beer. Oh, can I try it? Yeah. Thanks. So this is coffee beer from somebody. Oh, I know. This is from Surly Brewing. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is from Sur- Surly Brewing Coffee. You know, one of the one of the great things about the Oregon Brew Fest is that you really don't find any bad beer out here. Except for the beer I just tried. Well, that's because that's it's been sitting that in the good. sun. No, no, it's not even that. It's just that it's... This is a beer that I'm not, I'm, uh, I've tried this before and I'm not a fan. You know, one, one of my, one of my favorite homebrews is uh, the coffee porter. From the, where? That, that I make. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Which Co- coffee do you use to make that beer? Uh, I use a Sumatra uh, blend that's low in acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way it's uh, not too, not too much. Blends in very nicely. Very good. So uh, what beer have you tried that you've liked that you keep that you've already had uh, more than one of. You know the the, the one that I want to keep going back to is Russian Rivers, um, oh. Pliny the Elder. 
but you, know, you don't. Just, but you don't get that up here. That's why. Exactly. That, that's right. the one that uh, we're yeah, gonna be able to get up here, okay. but we can't get now. It's also being archived. It'll be around forever. It's a. It's a darn good beer. Very good. Well, we're gonna go to our other guest who's sitting next to us now, and. And I'm a bit I'm I'm a bit in awe because I oh. like and the and the, it's really simple. The reason is is that uh, we've had your beer on the on our show more than one time. Awesome. We, we did a uh, oh gosh, it was about a year ago. We did a show called Your Next Four Beers, where we told people on our show what what you should drink next if you if you want to expand your horizon toward beer and one of those beers was Winmer Hefeweizen that's unbelievable power that you guys wield <laughs> we do you know we're, we're almost the kings of the internet yeah as it goes. you know but uh, no the whole the whole premise of the show if you uh, I'm sure you're a subscriber and you've listened to all the shows uh, it we're the sort of we're approaching it from the public side of the bar and trying to explain to people, if you go into a bar, don't be intimidated if there are different choices. Maybe try this, maybe try this. We did a show where we tasted Bud, Bud Light, Coors, Coors Light. There are separate flavors in all those beers, and if you understand what you like in those flavors, this is the direction you might want to go in in your beer drinking. But uh, I have to say the same thing. This is my 15th year at the OBF, and I remember sitting at your old pub back on Salmon. Uh, one year, I think it was 96, when they tried to blow up the Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, and... Uh, Sitting there, sitting there in the bars, they showed the same thing over and over again, looking up, going, "Wow, something must be happening." Doesn't matter. Do you have tokens? Going, you know, it, something must be going on. But it, I just remember my my early years at the OBS okay, sure. was always hanging out drinking Widmer Hefeweizen. Doesn't matter. Use your best judgment. Um, I'm just trying to get more beer as I'm trying to have a, a, a program. By the way, you guys are excellent, excellent hosts. Thank you. Didn't cost, Thank you. Didn't cost me a token yet. Anyway, <laughs> maybe it did. I you don't must know. know somebody here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, and also just yesterday we uh, we were over at the at the Gast House, and uh, I got to tell you, the sausage sampler that's drenched in fondue <laughs> is probably the most brilliant food stuff I've ever yeah. had. When you get up from the table, your arteries crackle. Yeah, not crackle. mine. They're used to it. <laughs> So I have a, my first question is what in 1986, what was the thinking behind bringing Hefeweizen to the world? Because well, it's I, a very I mean that's a that's so uncharacteristic of beer in the United States at that time. Yeah. It's cloudy. It's it it tastes different. There's it's very unbeer like from an American palate. Yeah, uh, I actually have to back up even a little bit further. When we started in '85. Our flagship beer, our first beer, and a beer that we still brew is our, our alt beer. Mm. Basically a German ale. Uh-huh. Roasty, dry, bitter. All things that the American palate <laughs> don't like w- at all. Wasn't, wasn't that keen on, especially in the mid-80s. So we were doing you know, the starving artist kind of thing. Right. And we, re- we recognized we needed to do something that, that was a little more easily approachable. Okay. And we were still, at that point, kind of trying to carve out the German niche. And um, so we knew Germans brewed wheat beer, nice, you know, blonde wheat beer. So we, we did our version. We didn't want to bring in a second yeast strain or the, the proper yeast strain. We were, our, our yeast handling was pretty rudimentary, and so we just went ahead and used our alt beer yeast strain. You know, we're not tradition-bound here, and, you know, anything goes for us. So, so we used the, the right ingredients more hops than you would with a, a German style and then we used the wrong yeast strain but people really liked it 
and but it was the filtered version. And then in 86, we had a, a customer that wanted us to do a third beer. And at that point, we had two fermenters, couldn't afford a third fermenter, mm -hmm. but we knew that the Germans sold their wheat beer Unfiltered. crystal clear right. or mit Hefe. Right. So we, we just kegged it out of the lagering tanks. And, and But like what you said with the, the cloudy thing, our, our filtration was pretty sketchy in those days. And sometimes our alt beer, sometimes our Weizen beer had a little bit of a haze. And we would immediately get calls, something's wrong with your beer. Right. Well, what does it taste like? I didn't even taste it. It just looks It just looks off. bad. <laughs> so we were worried, you know, so Hefeweizen looks as it does. And we were like, oh, man, what's going to happen here? But, uh, you know, people really embraced it. But, you know, there was no, especially in the mid-'80s, nobody had seen anything like it. So that got their attention. And from there... You know, people would sample it, and from there people like it. It's all about customer education. It, it really is. I mean, we still, I mean, what we, the way Kurt and I built our company is getting people to taste our beer, and it's, we call it wet sampling. <laughs> and it's, but it's, it's, it's kind of funny because we don't run into, actually, I've been doing this for a long time now, and I've never run into another brewing company that does it, but we, when we go to a marketplace, we take a keg, and we drive from bar to bar to bar, and we pour samples of draft beer for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many guys just bring in a bottle and they leave it behind or whatever. But you know, our, our premise is, you need to taste the beer. Right. And if you're selling draft beer, you need to taste draft beer. Right. And you need to taste so, like how it's coming out of the keg. Yeah. Not bottles. Not unless unless you're selling bottles. Well, and, I mean, the problem with doing that is that you you typically leave a bottle behind. And then you know the bar owner leaves it on his desk for a week, right? And it's in the way, and he's in a bad mood. And finally, he goes, oh, "I got to taste this so I can get this guy off my back." Right. And it, you know, <laughs> by, by, by then it doesn't taste very good, and right. that kind of thing. So it's, a, it's warm struck and light struck, and yeah. even though it's in a brown bottle, it's uh, it's kind of gone. So typically, you hang on somebody's back until they taste your beer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the process? We uh, yeah. you know ply them with beer. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, when, uh, your beer is a beer that uh, uh, the the Hefeweizen, and I love all your other beers too. And I always tell everybody, go to the brewery. I had the alt yesterday. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the Hefeweizen is just such a great beer, and it's also a beer that's like you have to get it here, you have to taste it right. It's, it's delicious. It's a real, it's a it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I rarely run into somebody who doesn't like it. And if they don't like it, you probably don't trust them because you know. <laughs> That's what I say. Well, we've got plenty of other beers that, you know, it's not that they have to like that style. There's so many styles to choose from. You know, if someone says, well, I don't really care for that, you know, if they have some patience, you know, there are very few people who don't like beer. They just haven't found the beer that they like yet. Well, I also appreciate that you guys do the well, the German beers. You do the Kolsch and the Hall. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I think are fantastic beers. And a lot of uh, brew pups don't do because it's a commitment to longer fermentation or whatever. That's and well, we we use that hybrid style though. So we, we still do the alt beer brewing, which is warm warm fermented cold conditions. So it's not uh, you know a true lager. Mm -hmm. It's not just a strict lager. Lager. So, yeah. No, that's that's very expensive. And you know there have been lots of great ones out there. We we used to do our uh, Czech Pilsner and uh, got sued by the Czech Republic. The but, whole Czech uh, because Republic. you said Czech? Yeah. <laughs> we, we backed off very quickly. Our, our attorneys said that they would be happy to defend us, but that they would be able to retire on what it would cost us to take on the Czech Republic. So, so basically it was Czech, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I remember a group up down in, uh, I think it was Houston on one of my travels, that had bad Czech Pilsner. 
and it was a, it was a brewery that was in an old suburban strip mall bank. And yes, it was bad check Pilsner, but that's that seems a little bit over the top. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard of other things, but suing yeah. because you say yeah. And the, you know, there've been lots of breweries that make great examples of that style, but for some reason, nobody's really been able to make one work. And I, I think sort of the beer drinking public, when they're thinking that style, yeah, you know, they, they they go down the import road, or yeah, you know, so yeah. No, I uh, a lot of the interesting the beers that I. They're great beers here. I love the OBF. Um, but I like to search out sort of the lighter, more, not sort of the, the Pilsners and things yeah, that don't get yeah. that out, where you really have to nail it so it doesn't taste funny. It, it, those it's a technical term, right? Those, it's funny. Well, those styles, <laughs> those styles are very difficult. There's not much to hide behind. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, if you're not on your game, it's going to be front and center there. So. And you guys nail it. I, the Kolsch is great. The, the Thank you. is great. Thank I you. love going. And whenever you do, I remember uh, when you did your Uber tuber. Yeah. Uh, well, the potato beer. Yeah. We that was for the OBF, and and long ago we've kind of learned that, especially locally, people didn't want to come down here and drink Widmer Hefebites. As yeah. good as as good as it is, right. they wanted to try something new, and so what we've done is is we sort of when a festival is coming up. And we have the calendar, but we, we let our brewing team, you know. It's always the last full weekend in July. It, it's exactly it. We let our brewing team try something, you know. If, if somebody has something that they're passionate about, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, chef special. Let them show their chops a little bit and, and also experiment a little bit. Obviously, we're not going to do anything dangerous, but. Uh, That's how I remember the overture. <laughs> <laughs> or you did the, uh, the gluten free beer yeah, yeah, a couple exactly. years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was. Uh, I always. It's interesting. Also, you guys have the best quality T-shirts. The problem is, you can only get them during business hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 thank you. Sometimes I wonder what business we're in. You know, we sell a lot of that stuff. Isn't that where all the money is? T-shirts. Uh, you know what we try and do? It's kind of self-liquidating marketing. We try and make it pretty inexpensive. So, so I'm currently our, our our best beer is Full Nelson, and that's it's a new hop variety, or not a new hop variety, but new to us um, from New Zealand. It's their, their Sauvignon grape region, and they're growing this, they call it Nelson Sauvin, this, this new hop, and it's really, really citrusy. I don't know if you've tried it. Um, it's, yeah. it's very, very, very citrusy, So, which is a, kind of a personal favorite. It's Cascade-like, which is sort of the quintessential Pacific Northwest-style hop. And I tried it, and I liked it lots. It's also 10%. Well, that's why I liked. It. <laughs> that's that, that's the full Nelson part. We do half Nelson at the at the uh, Gust House, but we pulled out the full Nelson for uh, for the fest. So, um, one of the questions that uh, came in from the mental telepathy from the from the outside is um, is a lemon or no lemon on the Hefeweizen? You know, the the way I like it, and and the Hefeweizen uses lots of Cascade hops, yeah. which are very lemony. And depending on where you are in Germany, the filtered version is offered with lemon. The way I drink the beer is, is I rub a little lemon around the rim of the, the glass, mm -hmm. and then I get rid of it. Okay. And then I just kind of rotate the glass as I'm drinking. Oh, what a good idea. But I see a lot of people, it's totally personal taste. My brother gets rid of it, doesn't like lemon. Mm -hmm. and, but I see a lot of people squeeze it in. It's, you know, whatever tastes good. If you squeeze it in, that means that you're going to have to squeeze in another lemon at some point. 
I suppose so, yeah. Because like the, you, you've yeah. taken all the lemon oil off the top, and yeah. it's, it's time to put it in a, another lemon. Yeah. yeah. But totally personal choice. Totally, totally personal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is no right or wrong way for the lemon. I just... It's like, <laughs> I'm always about whatever whatever you want to do. That's the way you should have that beer. Exactly. That's, that's it. So... Um, you guys have a very pretty brewery. I took the, the brewery tour a couple of years ago, and I've told this story many times. The best comment I ever heard on a, on a brewing tour was this guy, when uh, your tour master was talking about the different ingredients of beer, and the guy said grain, and this guy said grain, like to feed the horses. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best comment I've ever heard on it. On a brewing tour, how is all the uh, the stuff with hops and grain and all that uh, volatility in the market affecting you guys? I mean, you just talked. I bring this up because you were talking about the the uh, what the Nelson yeah yeah from Nelson New hop. Zealand. Yeah. But it it was kind of the perfect storm this last year because um, you know drought, um, ethanol, price of diesel, locust, uh, hail, I mean, just about everything. But both. Both malted barley and hops took a whack. Um, I think in the long run it's going to be good because with, with hops they had become too cheap for the farmers and it's sort of, you know, it's rebounded, but I think in the long run it's going to be profitable for them. They are putting acreage back into production, so we'll get through it, but it's, um, it's tough, especially for the small guys that bought hops on the spot market or we're used to being able to call up. You know, the guys up at Hop Union or something and right. saying, hey, send me a couple boxes. They just, you know, they didn't have them, so. But it definitely impacted us. Our, you know, the, the, the combo of the two over last year, our, the price went up 40%. That's a pretty big nut to swallow. Yeah. But at least we had them. Now, we have, we've, uh, we've talked to people down in the Bay Area. Up here, you actually grow hops. Somebody took my beer. Uh-oh. You had so a whole with, beer. I had a what, beer hey, sitting beer. here. Where did the, your beer go? No, our producer got it. <laughs> Anything would be good. Justin took his beer. And I know where all the tokens are. Unbelievable. Justin, um, Justin <laughs> took our guest's beer. If you want me to fix the microphone, yeah. I'm taking your oh, that, beer. That, that's okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it back. I didn't drink out of it. I didn't drink out of it. Do you like a beer, Justin? It's all good. I've got two tokens. That's <laughs> I've never seen Justin um, steal another that, man's beer. Before. That was smooth, though. Yeah, I wasn't that was He comes in. Guy's a magician. He comes and fixes the microphones. <laughs> He's like, you're, you're, you got to talk right into the microphone <laughs> while you're look over there. Look while you're, you're talking the microphone over there. <laughs> you, um, you guys, you guys actually have a hop industry up here. We do. And so you have hop kilns someplace. And we've had people on down in the Bay Area because we're, we're based out of San Francisco. That we used to have a hop industry, and there are breweries that are now and just people starting to plant hops. The problem is there's no kiln left. Uh, yeah. And we had somebody on who was talking about trying to do a kiln cooperative, so that everybody who wants to plant a couple of acres of hops yeah. has a place to yeah. take them to kiln them. Well, uh, interestingly, we were just at a little seminar, and, and Oregon does not have a kiln. You don't. Have a, so what do you do? The, Put them all, all in a truck and yeah, drive to uh, Washington. Apparently, that is very a very expensive part of the process, and you can't really have it sitting around very much. And, and you know, Washington is really the breadbasket. We're the number two producer, but, but, we're, but we're quite a ways behind, so. Yeah, that's our, that's our leader. That's Trojan Man, the watermelon Trojan Man. That's nice. Uh, okay. No, it, and it's, it's fascinating, because I've 
we follow like organic stuff yep. and dungeon. Yep. And uh, the same thing happens with uh, producers of like organic meat or like sustainable meat. You can't, you don't have a, yep. a big slaughterhouse is a hard thing. So it applies right to a hop kiln. Yep. And it's like, you can grow hops, but if you can't dry them, right. You right. can only make them, right. yeah. Well, it, you know, they, they ship them up, but it's, you know, anything that takes a drive, you know, a ride in a truck these days, it's, it's an impact, so. Yeah. yeah, Especially with diesel being 5.50 a gallon. Brutal, brutal. Uh, uh, it's not gonna yeah. work. Are Gotta you still sure. driving that Greyhound bus ride, I'm John? Not, no, I, <laughs> no I'm, I just see it every, I, I, I remember when diesel was cheaper than gas, mm. and then, then it flipped, and then it was like the same price, and then it was 50 cents more, and then it was $2 more, and. And then it was uh, extremely uh, expensive. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I do. We did talk to a guy. Um, he's not. Gonna, he hasn't been on the show yet, but it's he. He's this crazy organic farmer, and he's talking about funding the uh, uh, Northern California hop kiln. Wow. So he's a wealthy organic yes. farmer. Yeah. Farmer. <laughs> Gentleman farmer. Gentleman yeah. farmer. Yes. But he was like, yeah. You know, well, he had he had a zillion acres of. Of land, he's like, yeah, okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll plant forty acres of hops. Yeah, that's, that's and good. it's like, okay, well, you're not going to see a yield on that for two years. Yeah, but. this guy that we uh, that put on the hop seminar recently is, is doing or, or trying to do some organics, and it's the challenges are unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, hops are really, really um, a delicate. I mean, they grow like crazy and they're like weeds, but but to to do it right it's it's tough for those guys well, especially when they when they're picked they've got a they've got a life cycle or a half-life of about what is it 48 or 72 hours yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like they just got to do them day and night and night and day before yeah. in order to get them the right way well it's just another step in the entire process i mean you guys you guys have been here the whole time you've done this entire show from the beginning to now of brewing mm-hmm. and you've been through every single step and I think the next step is as the volatility in, in especially hops, you start you'll start to get like boutique sustainable hops. People will figure out how to do them. The price is going to bump up a little bit, and everyone's going to find mm-hmm. a more interesting way to make beer with them. Well, it's it, interesting. One of the farmers that we we work with is Goshi Farms, and I don't know how many generations it is, but Gail Goshi is um, experimenting with, with with that. But she her in a conversation one time she said. Look, her, I think she said her great-grandfather said he was an organic farmer because they didn't have the stuff. Right. And she said he did it. So they're, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, she wished he would have left better notes or something. But I mean, <laughs> they're trying to figure it out because, uh, you know, he grew them and it was a long time ago and he didn't have all the stuff. So. I mean, do you call Monsanto to get a big box of uh, ladybugs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Actually, I, got, that, I got a friend who, who, who was uh, growing a bunch of stuff, uh, orchids and tomatoes and all this stuff in her apartment. And she went to the store and got this little, you know, like Chinese food t- container to go of ladybugs yeah, that yeah, they yeah. sell frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like wake them up. Yeah. And she like infested her apartment yeah. with ladybugs to chase the aphids. This, it was sort of a failure. This, but, this organic, <laughs> this organic farmer that, that put on the seminar said, "You love it when your neighbor buys ladybugs <laughs> because you get them." Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get free ladybugs. But we used to we used to grow hops at the end of our brewery, and we tried that one year, and, and they stick around for about a day. Yeah, <laughs> and then they go someplace. They yeah. get but they're good luck. Yeah, they get bored yeah they're, they're pretty. Yeah, and yeah. they end up everywhere. <laughs> so does the does the this, does the sale of Anheuser Busch to InBev? Uh, I had to come around to that. I'm huh? sorry, I I, I I I did my research this morning I, and like you I'm, know, and I'm sure that it doesn't affect you in, in some it, small it, way, but I know what you know, 
Yeah. You know, um, we, we uh, I was trying to kind of separate the beer from the business of beer, and, and that will continue to go on. We're going to do what we do. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, this is all about beer. Sure. Well, it was, it was mostly a distribution deal from what I understood, so... That, that was why we, uh, you know, formed our relationship with Anders Bush was because, you know, love him or hate him, that, you know, and, and this is no bull, yeah. bull. This, they have an unbelievable distribution system and exactly. they really, really take care of the beer. Um, and, and it's kind of funny, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while and most people don't know how beer gets to them. Right. They think that the, the brewery somehow just kind of sends it. It's kind of like steak. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and people, there's a cow that beer well, comes from. no, because from. people don't know where the steak comes from. They and, just get a steak. And they right? don't really want to know that part for sure. <laughs> but there's a, you know, there are a whole bunch of guys out there that drive the trucks that you see around, and they're sort of the unsung heroes. Right. And, and in the AB system, they really do a good job of taking care of the beer. And it's, it's essential. I've, you know, um, our, our sister lives in Germany, so I get a chance to go over there. And, and the beer at the breweries is awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But when you get a beer out fairly frequently, it's not so good and it tastes abused. And uh, I mean, a great example is my, my brother in law. You can't hear this, so I can say these things. He's a, he's a good German <laughs> this boy. This is on the internet. <laughs> but I he, think he, the he, internet goes to uh, They're not. They're watching. <laughs> you know, he's a good German boy. He has beer delivered to his house every week, like like all good German boys. Like his a age. milkman. Yeah, I exactly. Love those trucks. But, you know, more beer. The, the beer is, is often not very good, and uh, we you know we taste the beer at the, his local brewery. It's excellent, right? But the beer that's delivered is obviously you know been abused, and it's uh, you know because their distribution system isn't so great. We've always you know we've talked about we've talked lots about it. drink local beer, drink fresh beer, support your local brewery on the show. I and mean, this has been one of the things we've been talking about for the last two years is yeah. that is that you know. You may not like your local brewery because of whatever reason, but give the feedback to your brewer about why you don't like that beer. Right. And but but more important is to check the check the bottom of the beer, check where yeah, it came absolutely. from, you know, and and look for those what, things. What I always tell people is is if uh, you can't find on, on a pretty casual inspection, if you can't find a date that's meaningful, right, then the brewery is hiding something from you, or they've been erased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that could be too. <laughs> well, we're we're pretty sure that a lot of beer that shows up in the in uh, in our local in the which is San Francisco in the Mission yep. is uh, beer that's been taken off the shelf and then re-put <laughs> in, into another place. Yeah, uh, yeah and we can't prove it. It's a but sad tale. It's a sad tale, but yeah. you know, it's like, well, it's, that beer's cheap for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got uh, two good friends. One. Uh, Beers at a, uh, brews at a big beer factory someplace. We'll mm. just say that. And the other one uh, is a rep for a, uh, a a big beer company someplace in the city north of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were out one night in some city north of here, and there was a keg of something that was uh, some mass-produced light beer that looked like your Hefeweizen. <laughs> Ooh. And uh, my friend who brews at the beer factory uh, called said to the bartender, "This is not this beer." Oh no, that's what comes out of that. No, that's not that beer. And then he goes, "Can I talk to your manager?" And he wasn't letting on what he does. Yeah. He goes, "Let me talk to your manager." He's talking to the manager. He goes, "This, this just isn't." And he actually finally let down his garden and said, "This is what I do. I actually made this beer." <laughs> and uh, he called like the ninja number, and these ninjas came out and took the keg and like killed people. 
because that company's yeah. commitment to yeah. keeping that beer. No, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you got to do. You, you do. can't leave it yeah. out. You can't. If there was a keg right here in the sun right now, yeah. we would all weep for that brewer. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a, a matter of education, and we're our, our own worst enemies because as brewing companies, in the in the stores, you know, we fight for floor space and right. displays, so right. people see it sitting out. And uh, but if you don't do that, you don't sell much beer. Right. And uh, I, I wish that somehow we could get people to think about it. And when I say people, I also the guys in the stores that own the stores, but treat it like milk or produce. You know, keep it chicken. cold. Yeah, chicken. Well, wash you know. your hands after you touch yeah. it. But just, <laughs> just because it's warm doesn't make it bad. I mean, if it's as long as it doesn't go up and down and up and down and up and down yeah. in terms of temperature. It's, but, you know, it doesn't do it, it any good. It no, yeah. I don't think there's a brewery around that would say, yeah, we like, well, actually, there may be, but, but, uh, you know, most beer. Is, but they're is, doing Belgian something. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there, there's some really big beers that, uh, you know, you, you could put away and, but, but not really warm. You definitely want cellar temperature anyway. Yeah. So, uh, what's in your fridge? Oh, I have a real assortment right now. Um, we just had uh, today was uh, today was the trifecta. Today was payday, employee beer day, and pizza day. <laughs> yeah, so I'm in good shape. But uh, I have three short cases of drop top. I have a case of Widmer Hefe, and then I have some of our uh, friends from the Red Hook Brewery. I have uh, assortment of their beers. Very good. Yeah. Can you tell us the story of a uh, drop top hammer? How it got that name? You know, whenever we we come out with a new beer, we 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 throw that out to all of our employees, all of our friends, and we go through lists and lists and lists and lists and lists of names. And what we wanted to, what we were trying to kind of evoke is that that beer is, is kind of easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Kind of summertime, radio on. Yeah, well, not necessarily seasonal, but just any time that you're you know, just kind of laid back. And so the imagery was, the imagery ended up being guy in his convertible, just cruising, he's got his dog, you know, the ears are flapping. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And so Drop Top is where we ended up. Perfect. Yeah. There's a great song by Digital Underground. You might remember them from the, the Humpty Dance. But it starts out cruising around in our Drop Top, you know, whatever. Drop Top Vet doing 90. Yeah, I yeah. Drop Top Vet yeah. doing 90. It's, Ain't got no 40 behind me. It, it was a little bit worrisome because Drop Top is a little bit generational. I mean, there's... A lot well, of folks who don't know what that means. Right. So. Well, you know, it's like a 60s, 70s kind yeah. of thing. And then, yeah. and then a resurgence now with uh, all the convertibles that are, that are around and ready to go. Yeah. Well, thank you very, very much for uh, well, helping with with this. Um, I know that Chad... I should, I should have had him top me off before you guys cut me off. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that we could talk a lot. I'm sure that we could talk lots more. I'm, I'm just, I'm just very happy that we got to, to, have you on the show because Pleasure. one of the things, one of our, one of our stake in the ground beers for telling people where to go next is, is one of your beers. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're and very like I said, every year that I've been up here since '93, back in the old days, we would just go over to the the old pub over on Salmon with the awesome. fish sticking out of the building. Awesome. And hang out and yeah. have a bison. That's very cool. Here's to you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Here's Cheers. to you Cheers. and your brother. All right. No, so wait, one last story. Yeah. Why is there a fish coming out of your building? Ooh. 
I have no clue. That was, that was, that was, that was, that, that was others. That was an architect. Architects do those things. Architects do those things. All right. Well, we, Thanks, don't, guys. we don't know where the fish came from. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you very, very, very much. So are we done, John? No, we got to wait for Justin. Hey, we got a special guest here. Hey, it's Steph. It's our special guest, Steph. You're standing here. You have to say something. Sit over there. <laughs> No, what this is called, this is called, uh, I forget the official radio term, it's how you move from one show to the other. Oh, okay. Isn't that called and the Segway? The Segway? No, this is bigger than the Segway. This is Steph. <laughs> Steph, how, you've, you've been at the uh, the OBF for what? How was the golf tournament? Yeah. The golf tournament was really fun. I, I only golfed a few holes. I'm, I'm not a, a big golfer. But I, I hit some really good balls far. <laughs> so it was fun. You it, hit some really good balls far. I did. Can you make sense of that one? I can. I can parse that comment. Oh, good. Um, but we so, just got here. We uh, we left the Edgefield, which is a great place to visit. I love it. Um, it was nice. Motor came out. John Foster did not. And we had a great tournament. And that now and we're we here. Rocked. We, we did. We rocked last night. I had tater tots with you at like past midnight last night. Oh, you did. Do you remember that? I do remember Excellent. that. Of course. Where's Jesse? Is he alive today? Uh, Jesse came with um, Jamie and Lloyd. They're all here as well. I don't Excellent. know. I'm looking forward. We stopped to this. so Sully could get his haircut on the way here. Why That's why it took us Sully so long. A Wait a minute. Why does Sully need a haircut? Ha did you see his hair? No, I well, didn't think he had hair. The comb over is falling apart. <laughs> oh. Was that on the air? We had to get it all put back in place. <laughs> we made it right. You know, Justin, can we thank you for uh, this valuable time you have on the Brewing Network? Uh, you know, it's... You guys are awesome. Thanks for doing it. I got to, You know what I got to do? What's that? You I got to go taste beer for an hour. Excellent. So I appreciate the work, fellas. No, you know, anytime we can fill in. I'm totally going to steal uh, uh, Rob from you right now. I'm going to yeah. sit Mr. Widmer down with us. and uh, Really? You're going to ask him more questions? Only for like five minutes. I think you guys covered it already. I'm just going to sit him down and have a beer with him because I stole his beer, and I feel like I owe him. <laughs> that was, um, nice. uh, it was smooth the way you did that. It that was, was slick, right? On beer school, we talk over one I felt like I was in college again. I just, uh, you know, you kind of you go up, you shake someone's yeah. hand, you walk away with their beer. Very hey, look, dirty. a moose. Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> Where's there a moose? I don't see any moose. So, is that it, fellas? Well, we can hey, look at Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, look, it really I think is that's Charlie it, Brown. Unless we we have to say what the intern thing. No, we don't. We can say whatever. We just have to say one last thing. On wait, the homework. The homework is beer. We go uh, get on a plane and come here right now. Yeah, get on the plane. And come. No. So the next the next festival that you should go to is the GABF. Uh, that's the big beer festival. You have enough time to get cheap airfare and book a hotel, and uh, be part of that. Um, because festivals are always fun. There's lots of things to learn. For example, I learned that um, that beer chips sold by hot chicks, in this case it says hot potatoes, were not as hot as the hot chicks. I would say that uh, I got I got I didn't get my dollars worth from the hotties. I'm just you know, and I gotta give my props to uh, Mr. My good friend Mr. Jaime Espinosa, who is wearing that watermelon shirt. The watermelon shirt. There'll be pictures, I'm sure, up on the, the Green Network <laughs> website soon. Uh, very funny. And uh, so, uh, are we going to release the intern? No. we got to make just like, hey, kid. Wait, I just pressed the wrong button. Hold Can on. I just point out that John Foster, the host of his own show, is taking pictures of himself? 
You are born to be a radio guy, John. When you start taking pictures of yourself, that's it, man. Well, I've never taken a picture of myself on, on <laughs> while I've been doing a show. We've always, we've always, uh, we've always, I've never done that. I've taken. Can we get out of here and go to Lucky Lap. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah, get out of here. Hey, kid. There's strippers who need dollars. <laughs> hey, kid. A beer school at beerschool.com. Everybody, check them out. They teach you about beer uh, every weekend. Uh, Motor, what's the best part about beer school? The homework. Yeah, you get good homework out of these dudes, and uh, they send you home with stuff to do. <laughs> right now, I hope your homework was to go find good beer at the OBF, for, or at least for our live listeners right well, here. Well, your homework is, like I said, book your tickets to the GABF. Okay. And get your tickets to the GABF because they're going to sell out any minute. Okay. Good and, idea. And, yeah, like do that now. Thank Otherwise, you, Justin. You're very hey, welcome. Hey. Thank you guys for uh, sitting here and doing a show. And Chad is the second best producer on uh, anything to do with beer and the internet and podcasting. Isn't he great in kind of a lazy, crappy way? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I like him. But yeah. did he get somebody from Windmer on your show? He did not. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. In fact, I stole your producer for that. Uh, Mr. Windmer's going to sit back down with us. Uh, you're listening to TheBrewingNetwork.com. That was Beer School. John Foster and Motor, great job. I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. Get yourselves a beer. We are back in just a few minutes. I've got uh, Sean O'Sullivan and Nico Freccia from the 21st Amendment talking about the beer that everybody at the OBF talks about. It's the watermelon has wheat. Has Nico ever been on BN before? He has in like in weird ways Nico's been on. Drunk Usually I'm making fun of the poor guy, but today I'm going to Nico, I'm going to promise right now I won't make fun of you for the whole interview. Actually, Nico. So you can sit down with us, and I'm not going to. You heard it here. I won't make fun of Nico. Not even his pants? Justin, making fun of me is a serious form of flattery. So just go ahead. Sally does it all the time. I'm just just going to say, Nico was the very earliest drunk of the week on the BN. He was. It's true. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned. We're back in just a few minutes uh, with the guys from the 21st Amendment and Widmer Brewing Company, some of the pioneers here in the brewing industry. So stick with us. It's the Brewing Network. Live from the Oregon Brewers Festival. Woo!